listening to audio from Oasis Church in Winter Haven, Florida. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit our website at www.oasischurchwh.org. And thanks so much for listening. So we're going to be in James uh, chapter 2, verse 14 through 26 today. And, uh, and we're going to be talking about this idea of, of faith plus works. And it's really just a faith with works is what it is. It, it's, it's, that's, that's the idea here. We, we don't want to get bogged down in, in this whole thing, but that, we'll just move on. We'll just go that way. So here we go. Verse 14. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, I won't even say to him, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving him the things needed for the body. What good is that? But if someone says to you, whoops, sorry, skip, verse 17. So also faith by itself, it does not have works, is dead. But if someone says, you have faith and I have works, show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham my father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see, it was that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was filled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see a person that is justified, you see a person that is, try that again, you see that a person, there we go, is justified by works and not faith alone. And in the same way was not Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messenger and sent them out another way. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Let us pray. Dear the Father, I thank you for this, for this day, God. I thank you for the, the opportunity that, that, that we have to, to, address this idea of, of faith, God, and, and, and what true saving faith looks like. God, I pray that you, you'll just move me out of the way. Don't let me get this any muddier than it, than it can be. But God, just allow us to see the truths. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, so, so the, the, the framework for today is going to be faith with works and, and, and how we're going to start and we're going to look, because if you want to look at Galatians 2.16, Paul says, we know another person is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. And we believe Jesus Christ in order to be justified by faith in Christ, not by works of the law, because the works of the law, no one, by the works of the law, no one will be justified. So, so we've got Paul saying, hey, it's faith, faith, faith. And then you get James over here going, hey, it's faith. I don't like saying plus works, but it's faith with works is, is the better, better term there. And, and, you, and you're sitting there going, wait a minute. They just collide. That's not, how is one saying this and one saying that? I'm reading a book by Francis Chan called Letters to the Church. And, and in that book, in, in the preface, which only book nerds read, um, Normally I skip through them, but I just decided to read this one. He he talks about he gets he he's got this book written, and he almost hits the delete button. 
And, and you're going, what in that? why would you spend all this time writing this book? Why would you delete it? And, and he goes on to explain that, you know, some people within the church, for what he's trying to say, need a good job and a hug. While there's other people inside the church, for the message that Francis Chan was saying, just needs a good kick in the rear. And, and his fear was that it would get crossed. And, and, I'm, and I'm reading that and I'm thinking, now wait a minute, that's, that's really what's going on here. Paul's talking to a group of people that has elevated works, that, that they can work their way into salvation. That the, the, the faith is, is downplayed and the works is elevated. And Paul's like, time out, time out. You got nothing good in you. Works don't matter. It's the faith. Salvation through faith and faith alone. James is talking to a group of people that say they have the faith, but no works. So, so James is going, okay, time out. How do you say you have faith if nothing is showing you have faith? So, so we're not at different theories or, or theologies between the two. We're just, this audience needed that, this audience needed that. And, and that's the easiest way I, I've got to understand how they go together. Because if you look at, uh, if you look at Romans 6, 1 through 3, we see, What then shall we say? Are we to continue to sin in grace? Are we to continue to sin that grace may abound? By no means, how can we who died to sin still live in it? So when you come to that salvation, when you, when you come to that saving faith, something's got to change. You can't just go on and live life the way you have. So, so we see, what is that? Hey, maybe some kind of works. Then, then you've got Ephesians 2.10. I'm sorry, 2.10. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Right, now that's Paul. So this is the guy that was saying, hey, it's faith and faith alone. But now he's saying, hey, you're created for good works. So different audiences, different, different what you need, you know, uh, for good works, which, prepared, which God prepared beforehand so we may walk in them. You know, works is not a new concept. You know, that, that's, that's really not what we're getting at here because if you look at, look at on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, we see... Jesus says, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to the whole house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So it's not this, James isn't in this text button heads with what Paul says. What's at odds in this text is this idea of a living faith or a saving faith versus a dead faith, faith or a useless faith. That, that's, what, that's what this text is about. It, don't, get, don't get bogged down in, well, the Bible says this and another one because that's not, that's not what this is about. This is about two different beliefs, if you will. Uh, that, that's what we're getting into. So if, if we're gonna jump to verse 14 through 20, Verse 14, I want to do this a little different. I want to, I want to jump into this, and I want to ask the question, and I want, I want you guys to give me some answers, okay? And, and I saw a pastor do this uh, this morning, and I thought it was fantastic, so I'm stealing it, just straight up stealing it. Um, what good is it, my brothers? There we go. If someone says he has faith but not have works, can that faith save him? 
Let me hear some ideas of what that means. Anybody? It's my dad. He's got to be the first one to answer. Thanks for the support. There you go. It's my dad, everybody. <laughs> Anybody else? Go for it. There we go. And that would be faith that we see that's useless. You know, that would be, that would be a, the way I've, in, in studying this, the way I've got that is, in that idea, the way I've processed it in my mind is that, and we'll talk about it in just a minute, is that's a belief slash acknowledgement. It's not a faith. If that, that's how I've got it processed, but that's good. Anybody else? All right, we'll jump. Let's go. Uh, 14 through 20, what I see here, is I see this idea of this is an example of faith that is dead or useless. We see, you know, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works, can that save him? Then we see an example of if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you say to him, go in peace, be warmed and be filled without giving him the things that he's needed, what good is that? You know, so by faith itself, is that if it does not have works, is dead, you know, or useless. But someone will say, I have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I'll show you my faith by my works. If you believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe it and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that, that faith apart from works is useless? What I see is this, this idea and, and, and when we all got together, you know, me, Kevin, Mike, um, Chad and, and Michael got together and we're talking about it. And, and Chad brought up something good that I've started decided that I'm going to start implementing. You know, you've got these, you know, basically word problems in, in here. So you see this idea of, of um, this idea of someone needing something and you just giving it lip service or you're not doing anything. And that's an example of faith without works. So if that person was to give them clothes or give them food, all right, you just do it in reverse, you'd get a example of faith with works, all right? So it's kind of, kind of an example that you just work it backwards and, and, and you see that. Um, you know, one of the things that, that, that gets murky in this is at Oasis, one of our essentials is eternal salvation, all right. James is not saying that someone can come to a believing faith, a saving faith, and lose it. That's not what James is saying here at all. James would say, just like we, you brought up, that this is a intellectual acknowledgement. The demons do that. Here's, I found a quote, and I wanted to, to read it verbatim, uh, of the, the, the idea of the demons and them acknowledging Christ and it's this. This belief amounts to an acknowledgement of a certain truths of Jesus, but they do not trust him as Savior or surrender to him as Lord. All right. So this belief amounts to an acknowledgement of certain truths of Jesus, but do not trust him as Savior or surrender to him as Lord. All right. 
I wonder how many people run around with, with this idea of, oh, I believe, but it's only a certain, um, what was it? Only certain truths about Jesus. You know, I wonder, I wonder if, if that's, if that's a place that, that we find people in, you know, it's, it's, it's not this idea that, that your works produce faith. It's faith is always first because faith and faith alone is salvation. There, there, that's an essential. That's no, there's nothing added to that. It's faith and faith alone. But true faith will produce works. There's no questions about it. James talks about it. Paul talks about it. Jesus talks about it. It's a biblical truth. You can't get around it. True faith will bring about works. If you go to verses 22 through 23, we see, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was filled that says Abraham believed God and, was, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. So, so we'll go to Genesis 22. Uh, I'm not, we're not going to go into the whole story of Abraham and, and, and his son up on the, the, the mount. You know, he's sacrificing him. But we do want to discuss this for a second because James brings it out. So Abraham had a covenant with God. Abraham had no children. God said, hey, you're going to be the father of nations. I'm kind of old. Yeah, you're going to be the father of nations. Um, my wife's kind of old. Yeah, you're going to be the father of nations. So there's a covenant there. So God allows Sarah to have Isaac. And so, so what does Isaac represent? Isaac represents the beginning of the fulfillment of that covenant. All right. So Isaac is not, when I say this, this is going to sound, it's going to sound weird. I know it is. And, and, and I've debated on whether I was going to say it or not. Isaac isn't just a normal child, if you will. Isaac is the fulfillment of this father of the nations. All right. So, so I could see it very easily where Abraham is puffed up big time about Isaac. This is the child that God promised to, to bring about, okay? That, that, that this is God doing this, not Abraham. And, and I can see where Abraham would be, man, this is just, this is the beginning of the fulfillment of this, this covenant, this promise, if you will. So, and, and so we go to Genesis 22, verse two. It says, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love and go to the mountain of Moriah. And offer him there as a burnt offering onto the mountains of which I shall tell you. Now, if you can read that and not stop and go, huh? You're better than me. That's pretty disturbing. Just in just reading the text, that's that's pretty pretty disturbing. And this is this is your son that you're being asked to go do this, and and again, not just your son. This is the, for the beginning of the fulfillment of the, that covenant. You know, and, and you don't see 
Abraham questioned it. I, I'll be honest with you. If, if verse 2 is, is disturbing to you, verse 3 ought to just, make, just wreck your world. Because the first 22 words, I think it's 22, whatever. Uh, this is what it says. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took, his two, young, took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. There was no, hey, but God. There was no, hey, can we set a fleece out and, and test this for a couple of days? You know, there was none of that. It was, okay, that's what you've asked. That's what I'm going to do. That, that's kind of, in, in that context, that's kind of disturbing. But Abraham knew that God was going to provide, whether it was through another or whether it was what he did or, or he knew he put God in his place. I didn't mean it to sound like that. Don't, don't take that like that. He, he elevated God to his place and kept him in his place is what, what I'm trying to say there. And, and I wonder how many times we get that mixed up. All right. I know I don't do a real good job of that. I've got a story that I tell from time to time about this passage when, when I was at Bible college, you know, you want to say, you know, a few years ago, but it was a lot longer than that. Um, you know, when I was at Bible college, me and Candy had started hanging out a little bit and we had, we wasn't quite to that dating phase, but we were hanging out all the time. You know, you, in, in Graceville, Florida, you've got two things to do. You either go to the Walmart in Dothan and just walk the aisles. I can tell you every inventory that they had because that's all that was there. Or you went to the Walmart and Chifley. Those are the two things you did. And, uh, and, and you do it. It didn't, I got kind of mad because right before we left, they bought, they built a waffle house in Chifley. And I'm like, are you kidding me? As many times we were in Chifley and you couldn't go to a waffle house. You had to go to Walmart. You know, they did have a KFC in, KFC in Chifley, but, um, or from time to time, a group of you would go down to Panama City Beach and, and we would end up going at like eight o'clock at night. It's a two hour drive down there. You get out, you jump in the water, you get back in your car and you go home. That's what we did. Anyway, so me and Candy and had started hanging out and talking and, and I, was, I was digging it. I mean, I was, I was like, okay, I could see this being the one. I could see Candy being the one that I'm gonna, gonna marry. So... There came a, I was going to chaperone a youth camp and, um, down in Panama City Beach, and I can't remember. My days are off, but I'm thinking it was like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, came back Sunday. And we go down there, and beforehand, Candy tells me that she has a date. Again, we're just friends. We haven't had that talk. She has a date with a guy, and I'm going, okay. And she goes, yeah. It's such and such. Yeah, I don't know him. Yeah, he's a, he works at a children's home. Are you kidding me? I'm in a Bible college, and this dude works at a, at a, at a Christian children's home. And I'm like, yeah, okay, he's got, he, he's got me beat. You know, I'm, I'm long hair, earrings, at, at tattoos at a Bible college. You know, I stick out like a sore thumb, and, and this dude's a, okay, all right. And I remember, I remember going, okay, God. I gave you, this, this is what I think I want. But if that's not it, your will be done. Kind of what Abraham said. And I can remember, 
she did her day, and she ended up coming down to the to the uh, youth conference or whatever we were doing. And, and I can remember that. Like I said, I don't remember if it was Thursday night, Friday night, whatever. But I can remember, like, the first words that were said was, you know, if anybody knows me, you know, I'm just sarcastic. You know, the first words I said was, how was the date? And, and she said something like, eh, not good. And I'm like, fantastic. I'm like, jackpot. You know, this dude that I'm sitting there going, man, he's gonna, there's no way I got a shot. You know, but I can remember coming to this passage that week and going, okay, God, this is what I got. If it's, what's that? What'd, what'd you say? Yeah, we just went to Walmart, walked around. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't, yeah, exactly. So, hey, those are good times. Anyway, that's all, you, that's all you had to do there, you know. They did have a Chinese buffet in Dothan. There was a mall in Dothan, but anyway, we didn't. Anyway, moving on. But, but like I said, what I'm getting at is, is sometimes we put stuff in our lives that we want to hang on to, and God's saying, hey, I want to know if you'll give that up. And it's not really to, to punish or, or anything other than just where are you placing God in the, in, in the picture? You know, and and that's, that's what Abraham did here. Abraham, and, and that's why Abraham gets the, the credit for faith as much as he did because he put God in the, in the picture of where God should be. And, and that's what Abraham did. And then we get to Rahab. We look at... Uh, uh, verse 24. So you see a person is, is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way, was not Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? So Rahab. All right. Everybody knows Rahab was a prostitute. All right. And I can't imagine girls dream about being a prostitute, right? That this would be a, a road paved with hurt, abuse physically, mentally, wickedness. Um, just it's not, a, it's not a road that, you know, I can't imagine Rahab thought, okay, this is what I'm gonna be, all right? So, so she's in this place. And, and I can imagine Rahab would go to bed every night alone, feeling alone, hurt, um, despair, no hope. Okay, that's, that's what I imagine when I imagine Rahab. And, and she catches wind that the, the children of Israel are coming to, to destroy the city, if you will, and... She, she knows that the children of Israel claim to have the one true God. And she gets the opportunity to, to hide these spies and exhibit faith and faith to the one true God. She gets to exhibit this, this faith that not only gives her hope, that, that lifts the despair. In, in, in verse 14, we see, uh, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not? Can that faith save him? Well, Rahab got to see it both physically because they were destroying the city and everybody in the city was going to die. So by her faith, 
she didn't die at that point, and she got to see it on the other side also. So, so with Rahab, you know, having going from despair, no future, no hope, all that to the exact opposite, you know. And and here's the part that I love that James leaves out. James doesn't go down and make an exhausted list of what works should be. He doesn't go down. He brings out an example, but he doesn't go down and, and give you this exhausted list. And, and here's why I think so. So we had to follow man because of sin. God introduced this sacrificial system. You know, you, you say a dirty word, you got to sacrifice a dove. You know, this is whole, you know, half the time I'm having to do cows, I'm sure, you know, because it's way more than doves, you know. But, but nonetheless, what ended up happening was the people ended up worshiping the sacrificial system. They missed the point of what it represented. So if James was to give us a list of what works would do, we would have to be reading Paul's letters because we would elevate the works over the faith. You know, that, that's, that's really what he's getting at there. He's, he's leaving that out on purpose, I believe. Because I know in my heart, that's what I would have done. I would, oh, okay, if I do this, I'd, okay, I'm saved. I know I'm saved, but I do have to do some works. What is, what is Paul? Okay, so I got to give these people some clothes and food for the day. All right, I'm good. You know, I'm pat myself on the back. I'm good. And, and I think that's what we would, we would end up turning that into. But he doesn't do that. And... To the, to the opposite of that, he takes an example of Abraham and Rahab. All right, you're, you're, here's the, the comparison of the two. Abraham was a major player in the Bible, major character. Rahab, very minor. All right, you, you hear about her here, you hear about her in Hebrews. That's it. Abraham was a father of to the fatherless, Rahab was a foreigner. Just so you know, on my paper, I have Rahab, Abraham on this side, Rahab on this side. That's why I'm going back and forth. Anyway, Abraham was respected. Rahab was disreparable. Abraham was a man. Rahab was a woman. It's something I forgot to mention a second ago. Not only was Rahab a, the prostitute, he was in despair. That's in today's society. Go back then where women were second class to start with, and then go below that. All right, so she was at the absolute bottom. All right, so, so that's the two. And Abraham was asked to sacrifice his son. All right, not just sacrifice his son, but sacrifice the beginning. I say beginning because he wasn't the only, but the beginning of the fulfillment of the covenant. So this was a even bigger deal than sacrificing your son. And I know that sounds weird, but that's, that's really what Rahab. Hey, can you hide these couple spies? You know, so we're, we're here and we're here. All right. And there's stuff all in between that, that we get asked to do. All right. And, and that's where, that's where I'm, I'm so thankful that James didn't give us the list because there's big and there's little, all right? But 
Here's what's, Rahab's little. Not only did she get mentioned here in James and in Hebrews uh, 11, I believe it is, when they're talking about the the hall of fame of faith, you know, Abraham and, and Rahab's in that. She got to be part of the lineage of Christ. So it's not like God said, okay, here's little Rahab, you know, she had faith, good job, way to go. No, 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 she had faith. And, and God brought her out of despair and put her in, in the lineage of Christ. You know, let's don't miss that. Um, we see James closing out in this um, idea of, oops, um, for as the body, in verse 26, for as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. I see this idea of, all right, so, so I'm, I was raised in, in South Carolina, and, and so I'm from the South, and I don't need anybody judging me on this, okay? Um, wrestling was a thing, okay? Knew it was fake, didn't care, all right? But there, there was this, and you know, you go through phases where, you know, a guy's a good guy, he's a bad guy, which for those that don't know, he, he's a face and a heel, all right, the hill's the bad guy. You know, yes, I know some stuff. All right, so so you had Ric Flair. All right, and Ric Flair. There you go. There you go, Chad. You had Ric. I mean, I mean, my childhood staples. You got Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes. Uh, man, I, I could listen. My kids laugh at me so much. I can watch YouTube and just watch Dusty Rhodes speak for hours. Just and and just laugh. You know, I'm, I'm just, man, that's fantastic. Anyway, so. Um, that's when, like I said, that was good stuff. Anyway, so Ric Flair used to say, you can walk the walk, or you can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? And that just kept hitting me in this text. You know, you say you have faith, but what are you doing? You're, you're over here talking. Here, let me show you my faith by my actions. Let me walk the walk. Francis Chan said this, if, if you never said a word to somebody, would they know you're a Christian? I'm like, man, that's a pretty good summary of, of this text. Without saying a word, do your, do your actions show that you're a Christian? Now, be careful because, yeah, there are good people that aren't Christians. Don't get me wrong. That's, that's not, but as a Christian... Man, I debated on saying this or not, but I'm going to. I had a, I had a guy years ago that um, he said, and, and this is one of the, I, I, I don't shudder when I think about this and talk about it, but he said he doesn't witness at work because he wears his WWJD or, or Lord's Gym shirts. He wears his Christian T-shirts, so he doesn't say anything to anybody at work. They, they should see it. All right, and I and I'm, I can remember saying, okay, yeah, I don't I don't see that here, but okay. And he he worked night shift, and one night a guy beside him, the desk beside him, dropped dead of a heart attack. And I can remember thinking, again, y'all know I'm sarcastic, so I'm gonna be careful here. But I wonder if he saw his shirt before he died. You know, because that's, that's really what, what James is saying here. If, if, you, if you have faith, 
you're going to share it. You're going to do good works. You're not going to leave it alone and let the next person deal with it. You know, and, and that's what's happened. And, and, and in that example, again, I know I shudder and I debated, I debated, I debated, but it, it just, it, it's important to know that we have this gift of salvation. And James says, not, not Greg, James says that if you claim faith, but don't have actions to back that faith up, what good is your faith? Your faith is dead. Your faith is useless. Your faith is like she said, she's not there, but I'm pointing to her still. It's a acknowledgement. It's a belief. It's not a true saving faith. All right, so that, that's where we're at. We, we're at this point that, that James is, is driving home the fact that what you do says more than what you say. That's what James is driving home here. He, he's driving home this idea of, of, hey, you need to do you need to do. So, so we'll wrap up talking about what we started talking about, and that is if someone says he has faith and does not have works, can that faith save him? So, so the question is brought is where do, where do I land in that? Right, and that's something that we all need to to really address, where do I land in context to what James is saying? Am I one who has faith but no action? Because if that's true, James says, and this is hard to say and it's hard to hear, I'm sure, your faith is useless. You know, your, your faith has no, no merit because it's not true saving faith. You might be here today and, and have never had a true salvation. You never placed your faith in Christ. Today's that day. There will be people down here ready to talk to you. Please don't leave today without talking to someone. You might be here and you find yourself in that spot where, hey, my my works aren't there. You need to address that. And I'm sure the majority of us in this room fall into this category. I have faith and I have some works. But I'm going to challenge, and this is including to me, Am I just doing the works that say, hey, okay, I got to give this person some clothes and I got to give this person some food? Or am I doing what's not really mentioned, but that God is leading us to do? You know, sometimes we get caught in this around this. I know that I've been in this before. I, I can remember a time that I'm in a restaurant and, and God goes, I mean, I. I didn't hear his voice, but I just knew I overheard a conversation and a guy said, you know, he had cancer and, and, and 
I felt God saying, get his name, tell him you pray for him. I walked around him to get my check. I walked around him to go to my car. I got to my car and I'm going, no, now I got to do this. So I walked back in and, hey, I'm, you know, explained, you know, the situation. I told him, you know, what's your name? I pray for you. You know, those are the things that I'm talking about. Those things that God lays on your heart that you just kind of, eh, I really don't need to do that. Man, that's, that's just a little weird. No, that's, that's the Holy Spirit laying on your heart. We need to be doing those things. All right, so I'm gonna pray. If, if you find yourself in, in the first two categories, please, please come up and talk to somebody. If, if nobody's here, grab me, I'll talk to you. All right, so let's pray. Dear Holy Father, Lord, I thank you for, for this uh, opportunity to really look at, at what true, authentic faith looks like. God, I pray that you would just allow us to, to really examine ourselves and see if, if we truly have works. And God, not that it's a works-based salvation because that's, that's completely contrary to what your Bible says. But God, I just pray that you'll just allow us to, to see that, that we truly do need works in our lives. We need to show others by our actions who we are. We need to show that we've been set apart. God, I pray that you would, you would just convict us of the times that we need to do more. Because that's where I'm at, God. God, I, 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 pray, that, I pray that you will allow at home and at work, you would allow me to exhibit more works and, and let others see more of you. God, I pray that you will just you will just convict us to examine ourselves. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.